Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.
What's up, everyone? This is the week 16 edition of Belly Up Fantasy Live. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, of course, I'm joined by Chris Dauhauer. Um, I'm Adam LaRue, uh, your host. Uh, we are missing Justin Herrera. He had to drop out uh, last minute. He was uh, dealing with some things. So, um, but yeah, uh, how's it going, Chris? Doing pretty good. I'm trying to get my workout and think I'm going to try out for one of these teams. All the mm-hmm. COVID injury, all the COVID injuries going on, or COVID list players. I feel like you know maybe I got a shot here. Yeah, um, um, I've heard that there's an opening on the Bills, so um, that would go. be a solid one. Yeah, I mean, I can I can get two catches for 15 yards. Nobody like nobody could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you're. You heard it here first. Chris will be your next uh, PPR uh, waiver wire pickup uh, coming up next week. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> How are your playoffs going? That's what it feels like right now, I guess, right now, that you're picking through players that you had never heard of or guys you thought weren't going to be in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, my playoffs are going okay. Um, I Well, I'm one-on-one. My two points I care about the most um, had a great surprise with Patrick Mahomes helped him carry me to a victory in one of the leagues. I uh, actually got really lucky. The other team just basically was an all-star team but didn't show up, so kind of locked out in that respect. On the other league, um, was also a very victim of a surprise situation at quarterback, and that was with uh, Mr. Tom Brady, who got shut out for the first time since 2016, and Mr. Mike Evans didn't help me much either. So, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, incredibly difficult. Uh, in my primary league, unfortunately, I uh, rostered Gronk, uh, <laughs> Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. Um, my quarterback choice for the week was either Tua or Dak, and turns out both were wrong answers. Um, yeah, it's just a, a tough week. Um I wouldn't really be that shocked if Matt Gay, who plays tonight, leads my team in scoring for the week. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's just been a tough week, you know. <laughs> so I'd imagine that'll be my exit from the, the playoffs unless uh, unless Matt Gay can can really turn it on for me. Or, or I, I have Tyler Lockett tonight as well. So that one actually could, but probably not. <laughs> Was Lockett even going to play? I thought he wasn't supposed to. Or, no, sorry. Um, who do I, I have someone else tonight. It wasn't Lockett, though. You're right. I had to move him to my bench. Um, yeah, I'd switched him for um, whoever I'm thinking of. Um, regardless of that fact, uh, we can go ahead and move on to our belly ups and belly flops in our, our main man, uh, Daniel uh, mentioned what a messed up week. Yeah, it was a messed up week. This week was like the epitome of this season. Just with oh, how, microcosm, it really was. Yeah, just how bizarre and like freakishly weird everything has been. Um, it, it was so weird that the Chiefs' offense worked. Um, <laughs> that was, I mean, exactly. It doesn't get much weirder than that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, again, we'll, we'll go ahead and get to the belly ups and belly flops. Of course, um, the player of the week, speaking of the Chiefs, the player of the week voted by belly up is Travis Kelsey, who, um, is kind of not doing Travis Kelsey things as of late, especially last week. Um, it definitely 
you know, made up for a lot of that, uh, you know, this past week, the other night um, with a pretty, pretty <laughs> big game for himself. Yeah, I mean, I think coming off back-to-back games where he had three catches for around in the mid-20 yards, 20-25 yards or so, I was really struggling. Chiefs offense has been struggling, and they basically went bonkers versus, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Chargers. And one of the big plays at the very end, the big touchdown run, I, I'm still convinced that there's something going on. Maybe they knew that maybe Travis Kelsey had COVID and tested positive during the game or something because there was seemed that none of the Charger players wanted to tackle him on that run. Yeah. Now, it was a nice catch. But he was—he doesn't look like Travis Kelsey is super healthy right now, and he was running and lumbering, and there was not a soul trying to catch up to him. So that was one of the weirdest, but spectacular plays of the weekend, um, mm-hmm. or this of this past week. But it was definitely odd to kind of see Travis Kelsey end on a big note, running super slow, but no Charger players to be seen. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you get him how you can, and he certainly got his. So uh, good for him. Um, Chris, I'm gonna let you start with your your first belly up. Yeah, so I'm gonna stick with this whole. It was a weird week, and I'm gonna stick with my kind of a theme here for my belly ups and belly flops, especially my belly ups right here. When Duke Johnson, Duke Johnson, out of nowhere, pops onto the Miami <laughs> Dolphins field, wasn't even a guy really people were talking about. Miles Gaskin was active, so there was talk maybe you know they didn't really have an active running back. What were they gonna do? But they had an active running back. It didn't matter. Duke Johnson was the man in the backfield. Ran hard, wasn't pigeonholed in his you know third down quote unquote role that he's been for his entire career for some retarded for some weird reason, and and then you see him you know have effectiveness and was really good out there. Oscar still got ten carries and was decent, but Duke Johnson two touchdowns. Welcome back. Yeah, well, absolutely welcome back to him. Um, yeah, again, just getting a ton of carries, not really in that really third down role. Um, I do believe. Uh, that our, our man Daniel had kind of in the comments thrown out uh, Duke Johnson. But I mean, that backfield has been such a mess. Why would you want to touch any piece of it kind of to begin with? And I don't think I would really want to going forward, even with Duke Johnson, um, you know, what he accomplished this past weekend, just because, I mean, getting, um, you know, Ahmed and Gaskin back and then presumably getting Lindsay back next week. I don't want to touch it personally. I don't know. Do you feel differently, or would you? Would you? Oh no, I definitely agree with you. I mean, there's already talk about kind of trying to figure out everybody's going to kind of play and who's going to be the hot hand. Malcolm Brown's due to come out the IR, so this is a situation we've already seen, you know, befuddling before in the past when you know Miles Gaston kind of was wound up being the guy through attrition. Um, Duke Johnson did look like the best player of the backfield of all those Mm -hmm. guys I mentioned, though. Um, He did run the hardest. He looked like he had something to prove out there. I don't know if it's going to matter or not, but yeah, I'm with you. I don't think this is something you can necessarily play this week, but I also think this kind of might be the story of this playoffs and the season in general. All things you probably shouldn't do or wouldn't do winds up actually working. And Duke Johnson was not a player that anybody thought about probably putting in the lamps this week. And here he is. It's my first belly up of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of things uh, that you, that you probably shouldn't do probably shouldn't work. I'm I'm gonna double check before I say this, but I, well, actually I'm not. Yeah, actually I am. Um, Laquan Treadwell, sure enough, even without Urban, still, still led in snaps, targets, everything. Um, I mean, I, I could have sworn that things would go back to assembling some kind of like making sense when Urban left, but they didn't. Actually, Treadwell got used more, so. 
No, you saw Darren Bevel, um, you know, take over the quote unquote head coaching job and continue to call plays. And it was obvious that maybe Urban Wire really wasn't calling the plays. Maybe he wasn't as clued in as he kind of claimed not to be because this offense looked really no different to me. Uh, you didn't see Carlos Hyde being involved, but that was because he was also not active for this game. He's also went on the IR for the season. Just kind of keep that in mind. Theodore mm-hmm. obviously got a healthy amount of touches, but I mean, this Jacksonville offense still struggled. Trevor Lawrence didn't look much better. And as you pointed out, there's always Jacksonville series due to get 11 points somehow. This time, Trey Will kind of, you know, stepped it up even more than that. He seems to be their guy going forward. And maybe this is, you know, Darren Bevel's pet. Now, having said all that, it's a little interesting as Darren Bevel also announced this week he's going to turn over the play calling to uh, Kurt Schottheimer, which is going to be oh. super exciting to watch. Yeah, I'm um, turned it over. The one game experiment on the sidelines seemed, I guess, wasn't enough. He, he, he complained and he didn't haul the howl. You know, Urban Meyer banished him to the, you know, up, up watch the games from the box, basically, to be the coordinator. And he preferred to be on the sideline and how much more excited he was being on the sideline this week. While he was on the sideline, didn't change anything. So I guess he figures, let me give somebody else an opportunity to kind of call these plays. I don't really think it's an opportunity. I think it's more so trying to save himself the, the embarrassment of continuing to look like it was not Urban's fault and it's his fault that just offense stinks, so you can blame Schottenheimer and have it on his record, so to speak, and blemish it even more. Yeah, yeah I mean... <laughs> I, I think it's smart. <laughs> yeah, they can't blame the guy, I guess. Like, oh, uh, I can't call the plays. Uh, I think maybe you should I'll give you a chance. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, give him a chance. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the, this way, at least James Rob- James Robinson should continue to get freakish volume. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that shouldn't change under Schottenheimer coaching offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so otherwise, my um, first belly up here is going to be Tyler Huntley uh, relieving Lamar Jackson. Um, four total touchdowns, uh, just under, I'm pretty sure, maybe just at 300 yards total, 70-plus um, rushing. Um, I mean, really, that's the best the Ravens offense has looked recently. Um, and obviously, you know, Lamar's going to be the starter as soon as he gets back. There's nothing there. Um, but I mean, hey, good for Huntley. He had a really good game. Uh, and maybe instead of uh, my two bum options I had for fantasy at quarterback, that should have been uh, should have been where I went. Um, so, yeah, uh, g- good game for Huntley. <laughs> well, quick story on that. Um, it was something we did try to give you a hit on MD's. Fantasy football mm-hmm. show last week, and it's something I might DFS lineup. But um, Tyler Huntley was a guy that I really struggled not playing this week as well. So I talked mm-hmm. about the Tom Brady team that kind of got sabotaged this week with Tom Brady. Uh, my two quarterbacks are Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady. So going into that game, I had no will or want to play Tom Brady versus the Saints. Everybody thought I was crazy, but I was like, look, I'm just looking at history, and I'm, I don't want to play my first round of playoffs versus Sky, especially if I want to play Evans because we also know how Hunchy struggled versus the Saints. And when Lamar didn't play, I was really debating whether or not to put Tyler Huntley on my team. I couldn't couldn't convince myself I could play this guy over Tom Brady. I thought that was just hubris on my part. But boy, do I wish I would have listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I debated adding him too, and I really regret not doing it. Uh, should have trusted the the rush. Do it this floor. week, guys. We haven't got to that part yet, but this week you'd still add him just in case because it should hit tomorrow when I play still. Yeah, I mean well, – Absolutely, because he can put up some very good numbers if Lamar isn't out there. Um, you know, probably a better use than some of these backup receivers you have on your on your bench, unless you're, you know, 
your bench is filled with guys who you want to start the week after, um, but are out because of COVID, which certainly possible. <laughs> um, but at any rate, uh, Chris, who's your next guy up? Yeah, so I'm going to stick to the theme of guys that can't believe they did what they did. And this guy didn't have an outstanding fantasy game, but still threw for three touchdown passes. That was Jared Goff. Jared Goff threw for over 250 yards or 220 yards, I believe it was, three touchdown passes. His offense actually fed multiple guys fantasy relevant wise. Detroit's offense won Detroit won for the second game in a row. Um, I had to give kudos to Jared Goff. Like I said, not a guy you're going to play fantasy wise this week. The playoff scored most of the fantasy quarterbacks. He probably did start this, but that were started this week. And you know we can we can cap this off with a um, what well, what in PPR would be an incredible stack for last week and last week only. Amon Ross St. Brown, who had a, an eight reception, 90 yard touchdown game, um, you know, in that win for Detroit with Jared Goff. Um, Josh Reynolds could almost be kind of thrown in there as a duo because he had a pretty solid game himself as well. Um, so between the two of them, um, there were multiple. And Craig Reynolds, throw him in there. You had a hard yeah, exactly. As well. There were a handful of viable Detroit Lions this week against Arizona. You should have had more Lions in your team in the versus the preseason. That's what you should have <laughs> known going into the season. More Lions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Daniel, that question you just asked, we're about to get to because we're going to move on to the belly flops of the week. Um, and Chris, you, you go first. I, I know that I'll hit that name regardless, if not. One of my giant belly flops this week is if you held on to this guy all season long or you've been trying to figure out reasons to play him and you finally thought you had your chance to play Julio Jones, boy, were you disappointed by the second quarter. Because here he is, Mr. Injury-prone hamstring guy himself. Zero catches, did nothing for you, wasn't involved in the offense while he was out there. He expected to have a decent game, especially versus a tantalizing matchup such as this in Pittsburgh. But Mm – Julio Jones was nowhere to be found, like I said, by the second half, because yet again, he's injured. Chance he might or may not play this week. I wouldn't even bother. Nope. Not even worth it at this point, I wouldn't think. Um, He'll play up 200 yards now. (laughs) (laughs) That's also true, because nothing makes sense. Um, So anyways, as as Daniel mentioned, and he actually is first on my list um, for belly flops, Cordero Patterson had his uh, four-point, three-point game, um, who really it's almost a compliment that he's making this list because coming into the season, a 4.3 game like is probably what anyone would have kind of expected to be the norm for Cordero Patterson, but this is really like a massive drop-off for him. Um, you know, he's been over 10 the last two, and then the game before that was up in the 20s, so has certainly been a, a – valuable fantasy asset this season for who knows why. Um, but he has been, he's actually played relatively well, um, but he didn't this week. Um, he had 11 carries for 18 yards and he had two receptions for five yards. Um, so not um, a great performance from him against a San Francisco team that hasn't been that great against the rushing attack. Um at least not as great as they have been in years past. Yeah, you hit the Mike Davis stat line, it sounds like, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, you've kind of seen this over the last few weeks. Cordell Patterson, since his, mm-hmm. you know, 
return from that miraculous injury that I think still plagues him just to a degree as well. We might not see the kind of numbers or the usage you kind of expect over the last few weeks out of him. He has been not getting quite as many touches. You have seen Davis kind of be more involved. And you saw that kind of come to a point where this week with versus 49ers, as Tom talked about, the 49ers aren't great aggressive run. Although a lot of that season kind of takes into the fact that Fred Warner has been in and out of this lineup. When he plays, they're usually pretty hard style against the run. And one other thing I just want to add a caveat. Of all the teams that can prepare for a hybrid type of running back slash receiver position, you think the team that has Debo Samuel might have an idea of how maybe they want to try to defend that? Just, just say it. Um, so, yeah, I think this is something that kind of set up well for the 49ers, set up poorly for Cordell Patterson owners. But it is something that, you know, you, you kind of got to appreciate how far he has taken you and you can't be super disappointed, although I know he doesn't understand the first week of the playoffs. Um, yeah. I do think one of the more disappointing guys that I have kind of for my second belly flop is going to have to be Najee Harris. Had a very similar stat line that you kind of mentioned. Uh, they didn't quite have nearly the tough you know, matchup versus Tennessee's run defense for Tennessee's it hasn't been very good. Is a team you can move the ball versus, and Najee Harris was you know quite a complete belly flop. Um, he did nothing for you. A lot of people you know, had him as a, one of their RB ones or at least RB twos for this entire season. Got you to playoffs, and this is what you got your first round. Yeah, I mean that's disappointing, and I'm going to jump to another disappointing running back who has had after be- having been lighting it on fire for weeks on end has the last three weeks really struggled. And that's Joe Mixon. Um, I think the injury is still impacting him. And obviously in the fourth quarter of this past game, he did get taken off from an injury, but not before he still had um, 17, actually 18 touches, 17 rushes, one catch. Um, But he only got 58 yards for it. That's actually, He's been getting in the upper teens for carries and the upper 50s for yards each of the past three weeks. It's been very similar stat lines. Um, 19 for 54, 18 for 58, and 17 for 58. Um, so, you know, it's just not been good for Joe Mixon recently. Um, and again, he had been playing very, very well uh, for a lot of this season, had been really good value Um for fantasy this season really because he was kind of falling past a lot of the other guys that get the kind of volume that he does but kind of that um you know again i think he's still a little hurt from um from earlier in the year yeah i mean it sounds like don't talk about stat lines earlier is that zeke elliott stat line it sounds like right now that's <laughs> since he's been injured and i think that's kind of what he you're seeing i think with the injury i think there's no there's definitely a correlation there between his injury and his production Cincinnati is hungry off the line as it is. You need Joe Mixon to kind of be healthier, be able to break tackles and make things happen. When he's not quite that guy, he's a guy. He's just a guy. And then you kind of see you're suffering as a result for his volume and his, his production. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Um, with that, we can go ahead and move on to our top take um, on the week. Um, what, what do you got for us, Chris? Give us something insightful. Yeah, so my top take for the week is going to be that right now you're in the playoffs, and as you kind of hopefully you know progress to the second round somehow, some way, maybe you weren't playing Tom Brady like myself, or maybe you stumbled into some kind of easy victory here or there. Next week, you want to kind of gear your lineup. We talked a lot about having to make sure you have options with the whole you know COVID thing and different situations. But I also think it's important, you know, Adam kind of talked about this a little, you know, hinted about this a little bit earlier, about trying to prevent guys from getting the best plays or best options available. So maybe Tyler Huntley isn't a quarterback necessarily you want to go and play this week, or maybe you want to have the option. 
But if you see that your opponent could have you benefit from having that option, maybe they're throwing a Russell Wilson out there, or maybe some of the quarterbacks like a Joe Burrow has been kind of struggling, and you're questioning, you know, do I give that option to Tyler Huntley? No, I think it's more important for you to have that guy not available to them, and, you know, kind of, you know, Bogart them from having the opportunity to get the best players. If you can give up somebody, it's this third defense or second defense not going to play where you have, you know, you're loaded at receiver and you're, you think you have like some guy who's kind of hanging on for, let him go and try to add that depth to block the better moves that are going to be available on the waiver wire, particularly when you go out of competition for it this year, this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree with that. I mean, you, you don't want to be giving up great players um, to your league mates um, part of the reason in one of my leagues that I was able to make a run to the playoffs and, and win streak into the playoffs was uh, when Elijah Mitchell was hurt, someone dropped him. Um, I didn't get Elijah Mitchell when everyone else did. I kind of did in a, a second wave, so to speak, um, because he was hurt. And it was just, I imagine someone needed a player for that week and dropped him and didn't want to wait. Um, and, and, you know, when we get to the waiver wire stuff, I'll talk about some guys who might be on your waiver wire for those reasons. Um, but again, you just can't give up uh, some of the top tier talent just because they're, they're maybe out for a week or underperforming, uh, maybe bench them. Sure. But uh, you know, you can't give away that kind of talent. Great point. Um, as far as a take though, I just, again, really wanted to hammer home how much this week is just like, so much like this season. I mean, it was just so <laughs> freaking weird. Uh, I mean, we had the Bills just riding one running back pretty much. Um, I mean, we had exactly. uh, the Detroit Lions winning a football game. We had the Chiefs offense working. We had uh, Laquan Treadwell getting nine targets. We had, I mean, we, we could just continue rolling through these. Tyler Huntley uh, had the, <laughs> I mean, orchestrated the Ravens offense better than Lamar has in like a month. Uh, when you go through the leaders, of, when you go through the leaders of fantasy, if you could break those names or maybe the, you know, the names on those top, those top boards at the, you know, beginning of the season and if your first week of the playoffs, I'd be absolutely shocked because these names and these guys, you know, St. Brown, Reynolds, everybody who kind of mm-hmm. did really well, weren't guys you necessarily thought you were going to have in a lineup. And a lot of guys who you thought had great matchups this week, really had great matchups on paper just really totally bombed. Yeah, so I mean, with that, here's a couple names from the top 15 this week. Um, Tyler Huntley, uh, Hunter Henry, Duke Johnson, Gabe Davis, Christian Kirk, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Russell Gage were all uh, top 15 fantasy scorers this week. Um, Yeah, again, just a super bizarre week in a super bizarre season. Um, I don't know what else to say, but... Uh, it's just hard not to just jaw drop over that stuff, you know. When Detroit's um, offense outshines and outproduces fantasy wise, especially Arizona's offense, you got to be asking yourself some questions. There was a, definitely not how the matchup was supposed to go. Yeah, that was not at all how anyone, I think, would have expected that matchup um, to go. Um, so we're going to hit some roster move stuff, some waiver wire, who to add, who to drop. Um, but before we do that, we're going to get a quick word from uh, our friend Dan and our sponsor, Manscaped. It's the holiday season, and you don't know what to get as a gift or a stocking stuffer. Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. 
Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. If my math is correct, that's almost 8 million balls. So get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Manscaped's best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0, which is at the top of every man's wish list this year. Inside, you'll find their Lawnmower Body Trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, your butt, and your body, and the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Let's not forget the famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball height routine. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The dads can't stop talking about this, the teens secretly buy this, and the women will love you for it. Get 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. <laughs> that, that was a good one. Um, the math was correct, by the way, Dan, um, if you happen to be listening. Good job. It's a good job, good job on that one. I'm proud of you. Um, speaking of Dan, though, our other man, Daniel, uh, has a take that I just want us to go ahead and highlight for a second. <laughs> Detroit will win again this week. Um, honestly, with the way the NFL works right now, wouldn't really be that shocked. Um yeah, that's all I got. I <laughs> just wanted to throw that out there. Um, but but like I said, we're going to go ahead and roll into the waiver suggestions. Um, I'll, I let you kick off the last couple of things, so I'll go ahead and start. Um, if And I guess we'll go with uh, two similar situations here. If someone in your league – dropped either of Antonio Brown or Michael Carter due to either the suspension or the injury. Um, those are guys kind of like I was uh, alluding to earlier. Those are guys that if they got dropped because they've been out for a while, um, get on that train immediately. Um, and Arians has already said Brown's going to come back in and certainly they need him with Godwin being out for the rest of the year. Um, it also looks like, you know, we'll see what happens with Mike Evans uh, when he'll be back. Um and as far as Carter goes, um, he started getting eased back in last week. So last week would have probably been a better time to get it. But nonetheless, he hasn't um, really fully stepped back into his role. But I surely think he will uh, here at the end of the season to kind of uh, you know show what he can do going into 2022. Yeah, you kind of still one of the guys that definitely think that you want to get your hands on as Antonio Brown. Um, I think one move that you need to kind of make us a running back to kind of keep in mind is Samaji P. Ryan. He talked about Joe Mixon kind of being banged up. He left the game early. You know, there's hope that he should play this week, but the hope versus reality, it doesn't seem like he's, he's looking, trending in the right direction necessarily. So I think there's a chance if you can add a guy who can maybe get 18, 20 touches for yourself, you want to add Samaji P. Ryan this week for sure. I think if you can get, like I said, a lot, you talked about guys kind of getting dropped or guys getting moved. I think you're going to see a lot of running backs back. Running backs are kind of still out there because people have been trying to make moves to accommodate and get players to, you know, through this, navigate this whole COVID situation, all these injuries that they kind of have. You might see a P. Ryan or even Evans might be out there. You might have some guys kind of add for your insurance just to have for this week or even down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's a, a position where you really need to get some, some key depth at. Um, we have a question come in. Would you play Patterson this week? I can't remember who Atlanta's playing. 
I um, believe Detroit is that. I think so. Yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It's craziness has been going on. Detroit's run defense is not good. You can definitely run against them. Arizona just didn't try for some reason. For some reason, um, I think Atlanta knows who they are, knows their identity. I think Cordell Patterson actually, you know, don't run away from what seems to be a smash spot for Cordell Patterson because of last week. Yeah, it'd be hard not to play him because I mean, even I mean, his first game back from the injury, he did go bonkers. So I don't. I mean, he's clearly hurt. They're clearly limiting him to an extent, but also. I, I mean, against a team of kind of this caliber, I think he can still go off. Um, so I don't know. I would probably personally risk it as well. <clears throat> and um, this next waiver move will bring us kind of into a, um, a discussion that um, has a, another question that he had asked, which is, uh, what about Craig Reynolds? How do we feel about adding him um, versus, you know, our, I guess that kind of leads into what do you think about the other Detroit running backs? Do you think they're coming back soon, especially Swift, um, but even, you know, Williams and some of the other guys, um, I guess, what do you think about them coming back? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I highly doubt that Swift comes back. I just don't see why. Now I know Dan Campbell's gung ho about winning games and everything he can do to kind of maximize that, but it just seems no reason to rush a guy who's been kind of battling injury all year long. I don't know why they shut him down, why they wouldn't shut him down. Jamal mm-hmm. Williams did come off the COVID list today. He was banged up a little bit. He, I think he's had time to kind of heal both from his injury and also overcome the COVID injury thing, situation. So I expect him to be out there. I think Craig Reynolds is a guy you add, but you don't necessarily prioritize. What I mean by that is if you have a position where you really need to have somebody as an option to start, then you prioritize that. But if you have a place where you can kind of have a guy that you can throw on your bench and just have an option there, and then go ahead and add Reynolds because there's no reason to take the chance that he could be the guy. Now, mm-hmm. having said that, it seems like a situation that could materialize really quickly into a Dolphin situation where you're hoping to see the best player or the guy who's producing the most play. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. But because there's so many different mouths involved, they could get really interesting. You know, Detroit's offense isn't going to probably continue to be something that's going to feed multiple fantasy mouths year, week in, week out. Um, that hasn't really been the case for the most part. And running back position is going to get interesting because you're going to have guys starting to kind of vulture each other. Williams wasn't getting thrown the ball because of Swift. Now Swift's not going to be there. So Williams is more involved in the passing game. Does that kind of limit Reynolds? Then what happens to, uh, you know, Oboyweke? But who a guy I think should go away because he's, he's fumbled, I think, back-to-back games now. If, if I think that they're really trying to do anything, he doesn't need to be part of that rotation. Um, they still like Jamar Jefferson, one of the kids they did you know, draft. You know, it was only a sixth-rounder, but they did trade up in a sense to get him. 
So there's different guys that can kind of get opportunity back there for an offense that, you know, isn't going to score a whole lot. But I do like how the offensive line is playing. So that's one thing I kind of keep keeping in the back of my mind. So like I said, Reynolds isn't a guy that you necessarily want to ignore if he's there and you have the opportunity to pick him up. But he's not a guy that if you're going to, you know, you need a quarterback option this week, you're going to prioritize getting Reynolds over that. Right. Uh, I, I think I agree on all points, especially I would be shocked if they brought back Swift. There's really is agreed no reason for them to be bringing him back uh, just kind of with, like you said, him dealing with injuries all season um, in you know, being such a young talent um, and a guy who there, there's just no point in adding extra injuries and making the, the rehab this offseason more difficult um, just you know, for a team that's ultimately, um, I mean, we're talking more the difference between the fifth pick and the eighth pick than, than we are a playoff spot. So it, it just, there's no point in bringing him back. By the way, real quick, is it just me or does Mike Reynolds, does Reynolds look just at Mike Davis when he's younger? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can, I can kind of see it. <laughs> um, do you have another waiver guy? Um, not, not really the guy that you necessarily have to prioritize, but a guy to still add if you have. You know, we're talking about guys to add if you can. I think got to keep in mind is Peyton Barber. You saw him kind of get brushed off, you know, from the sideline last week, taking you know, some carries. Raiders kind of looked more effective with him at the backfield, um, especially carrying the ball. You saw Jacobs continue to kind of be the all-down back in a sense, but he really hasn't been a true featured back since he's kind of had an opportunity with Kenny Drake go down. Kenny Drake go down. So I think Jacobs is a guy who's another one who might get shut down sooner than later. Um, he doesn't look that healthy to me. I think this Raiders team is basically living on fumes to go to the playoffs. And Peyton Barber might be a jolt for an offense that might just go from you know, over-reliable. I know Gruden's not there anymore. But Peyton Barber looked pretty spry last week, and I think he might be the guy that kind of gives them a solution to this offensive line. It's not very good, but he's going to make his own hole, and that might be what they really need right now. Yeah, I mean, if they certainly need something. Uh, and if that's Peyton Barber, uh, it would definitely be worth uh, looking into it for sure. Um, with that, we can go ahead and move into some drops. Uh, and generally speaking, just make sure you're you're on it with your injuries. Um, you know, there, there's no reason to carry someone like Godwin, who we've already talked about um, into the playoffs, because obviously he's done and there's no reason for him to be on your IR spot either. Um, and just some of these guys who are on a, say, two to four week timetable. Well, the beginning of that timetable is still like, you know, either your finals matchup or afterwards how much do you really want to bank on him coming back on the early end? And do you even want to play them for that last game? Um, That's a difficult one. Um, If someone gets COVID on Friday, it'd be kind of 50, 50 on if they'd make it back for the following week. Um, And even if they did again, you know, you're, you're talking about playing them after they missed the last week. Uh, It's just, I mean, again, just keep an eye out on injuries and, you know, at this point in time, available guys kind of matter more than than keeping on to some of these other guys. And again, like Chris was saying earlier, um, this is different for the top, super top flight guys because taking a risk on Mike Evans, for instance, him coming back in week 17 is a lot different than, than you know, some of these other guys um, like a Cole Beasley. Um, 
So again, just keep in mind kind of what's happening with all of the injuries. Make sure you're paying attention to them and COVID and everything else. Yeah, I, I kind of build on it a little bit. You know, I'm going to kind of go against what I said a couple of weeks ago. I told everybody kind of dump Antonio Brown, which kind of goes with what you're saying. And then now this week, I'm like, yeah, get, get Antonio Brown back. You know, some of these situations, because of this whole COVID situation and some of the things that are unfolding, you might want to try to hold guys even for a situation where I usually would with Adam, where I like to kind of err on a solid caution and not necessarily add guys with their first week back or the first game back. I might think that you might have to do that right now because it seems like team might be just desperate enough that they have to throw guys out there and they have to play whoever they have right now. We haven't seen an 18-week season yet, so it's still going to be interesting where we have that kind of, kind of rounding into like the, what would usually be like was last week in the season, uh, especially some of these veterans. And it's going to be kind of interesting to see, well, just kind of, you know, with the COVID thing on top of everything going on, will this also be a situation where we see an influx of injuries as well? kind of pile up on a season that's already been filled with them. So where I think that you're going to try to do is you're going to try to get as many players as you possibly can that are good players and top-notch players on your team that have produced or have great matchups. Some of the guys that I think you need to move on from or drop is Julio Jones, for example, a guy mm-hmm. that you simply can't bank on coming back and playing healthy, even if he is out there. So like a Mike Evans, where he's still iffy whether or not he might be, you know, can he play this week, maybe we'll follow the following week. It's a different hamstring injury, in my opinion, where this is a guy who kind of the track record Julio does. We've already seen Julio two or three times this year not be able to finish out a game coming back from a hamstring injury. So I think that's where you're going to have to kind of compare some of these players as well right. in the situations when you're kind of making the evaluation that I'm kind of suggesting you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, it, again, yeah, it's pretty you know subjective about, um, you know, you're not dropping a Joe Mixon, like I said well, both of us kind of hit on Mike Evans is one that you're, you're just not dropping you know, that caliber of play. You're not going to get rid of. Um, but some of these guys were already fringe. Well, if they miss a week, then uh, you, you may as well kind of move them on for someone else, uh, at least to me. Um, do you have any other transaction stuffs? No, I'm just going to say, if you can find any kind of value, like, a, you know, Reynolds was a guy that we talked about earlier I think he's a guy that you should definitely add. I grab anything you can get off those waivers because I don't know what leagues you guys are playing in, but right now my waivers are completely barren. I mean, you're looking for anything that has a pulse, basically. So I think if you can find any guys who have some kind of sparkling hope or some value that you kind of see or guys are trending in the right way, like a Reynolds, like I said, might be guys to kind of add to your team now because it's something that you want to kind of be adding players who are trending in the right direction, no matter how the kind of season has been or their names, doesn't really seem to matter right now. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, with that, we can start getting into the big game previews, um, starting with um, 49ers Titans. And um, we've kind of already talked about how we feel about um, their wide receiver, two and Julio. But uh, I mean, can you play A.J. Brown? How, how do we feel kind of there? Yeah, I mean, I just went on the whole spiel about playing guys their first week back. He's one of the guys I'd really struggle I'd want mm-hmm. to because I look at that 49er secondary, but like, oh, man, it's great, great matchup for me. Then I'd also look at A.J. Brown and be like, oh, boy, I've seen this kind of show before this season as well. Um, so I would really struggle. I think that depends on how much depth you have available to you. If this is guys you're having kind of as your receiver three option, and then, or is you know, your better receivers and you can be like your receiver three, and you can still throw in your lineup, but I think you have to play them. If you have some you know, two or three other options, whereas a Van Jefferson or something like that, that's pretty good or a solid number two has been kind of trending in the right direction. You might want to go with those guys this week. 
I love AJ, but I also think you haven't really seen this Tennessee, you know, offense really click, especially in the passing game. So you can't really rely on him to be that guy right off the bat, not just because of him, but it's because of his offense as well. Yeah, I agree. If the Tennessee offense kind of in his absence had been doing a whole lot of anything, um, then this would be a much different conversation. But I'm not sure I trust that offense to sustain him um, at, at the moment. Um how do we feel about the running backs kind of on both teams? Yeah, I mean, you got this crazy rotation in Tennessee right now. I guess Foreman's a guy that you can mm-hmm. play, especially as a flex option. He seems to be preferred down back. There was some concerns about the injury when he kind of knocked out towards the end of the game. He did practice in full today, so it looks like he's trending in the right direction for Thursday's game to play. Um, so he'll probably be out there. He probably got it. You're looking for a touchdown. Had been one of the you know, more productive guys. What you're worried about is his timeshare, though, because all these guys are basically about 35 39% of the snaps. Um, McNichols is involved. Hillard's looking to be involved. And Nichols and Hilliard are kind of sharing the, you know, the, the third down backs, and Hilliard's kind of getting that. Uh, I like Hilliard kind of the Rick Burke head roll, roll right now. Like Hilliard's kind of the guy mm-hmm. who gets to catch the ball and run the ball. And Nichols gets to catch the ball and four minutes to run the ball. So you've kind of that Tennessee or that old North New England Patriot you know, kind of style running back situation going on right now. Um, I think it's really hard to you know, kind of narrow narrow down who you want to play other than Foreman. I think it might be value between the other two guys. I just think you can't necessarily guarantee it. Yeah, I mean, I guess the one thing I'll say to that is, uh, and it, it could have been the game script, but the Titans are running like an obnoxious amount because of how poor the passing game is doing. Um, for example, this past weekend, they ran 41 times, uh, 22 at Foreman, obviously, and that's why I, I think he is probably the one to look at. Um, but nonetheless, then they ran with nine with Hilliard and six with McNichols. So they are definitely putting a lot of volume into their running back's hands. And, of course, I mean, they had done it before with Henry. They're just splitting up oh, essentially a similar amount of carries amongst uh, the three guys. Um, yeah, so uh, – it's hard to really trust those guys, but nonetheless, um, it, it is certainly interesting just because of the obnoxious volume that the running they're giving the running back position. Um, third time's the charm for Jeff Wilson, right? Uh, he's gotten a couple chances this year, not really done much with them, but finally he's actually been productive. Yeah, um, you're not we're still to have kind of what's going to happen with Mitchell may or may not play. Hit the Debo kind of rotating in there. To me, if Mitchell's the guy, he's healthy, he's obvious that you definitely play him for sure. Um, and I think the otherwise, you know, you talk about Wilson kind of coming on. I don't really love this running back situation, enough, especially versus Tennessee team, where this game might be a real low-scoring game overall, I wonder. And I wouldn't necessarily want to play Wilson in this game, but I could avoid doing so. I think we might have lost Adam or he lost me. Um. I think there he's coming on back. So, yeah, I think that there he is. I was like, we lost somebody. I wasn't sure if I was the one who got lost or it was you. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, as far as the 49ers guys, um, I mean, I, I think we do know the order at this point, which is is Debo, then Mitchell, then Wilson. Uh, if, if there's nobody else, then Wilson's a solid play. But, um, yeah. And I guess we'll, we'll finish off. Uh, how do we feel about the quarterbacks? Are really either of them playable outside of like a super flex? I feel I mean, like I would lean towards no. 
Yeah, I mean, Jimmy G's been playing well as of late. Mm-hmm. Um, he's yeah, been I was going to say, in a normal year, Tannehill would be the one that would be like my friends, like, ah, oh, maybe. And right now it's honestly probably Garoppolo. I it, I yeah. mean, I feel like Tannehill's a, a pretty consistent QB 15, 16 right now. But you're getting some 20-point yeah. games out of Garoppolo on occasion right now. There is, and he, he kind of looks like he's in his groove. Tannehill's tough because – he has the legs that make up for some of the things he doesn't do mm-hmm. the air, but you just not you're just still not getting anything through the air to really bank on you know him being kind of being your lineup. <coughs> Excuse me. I think you you know you can't really pay either one. <coughs> Excuse me. But I think Jimmy G is the guy that you need you might want to consider depending on what your mm-hmm. quarterback situation is. Um, my only fear, like I said. Is both both these are great matchups on paper for these defenses that haven't been good, especially secondaries having reversed the pass numbers wise. Both these teams like to run the ball a lot, so it could be a, cl- a game where the clock's kind of moving and winds up being a low scoring game. And you just don't get enough volume from the passing game to kind of matter. Um, but I do think Jimmy G is somebody that, depending on what your situation is, you might want to kind of look at just to have or even consider, uh, depending on what you're kind of walking into this week. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't hate it as far as, um, you know, waiver wire QB ads um, could go. Uh, we'll, we'll move to the Saturday games. Uh, we'll start with Browns-Packers. Um, is is the dynamic duo of, of Cleveland running backs, is that, that done? Is this now a one running back backfield as far as fantasy goes? Yeah, I mean, with Kareem Hunt's injury, we, ha- we saw Nick Chubb have – you know, backfield to himself, kind of. But Dernus Johnson seemed to still kind of have a decent role. Mm-hmm. And then Cream Hunt's injury, you kind of saw Dernus Johnson kind of maintain that role. This past week, I don't know if it was because of the whole COVID situation, the game flow, but the last two weeks, I should say, Dernus Johnson really has been involved and has been, you know, Nick Chubb's show. Um, I don't, a lot of it could be because the passing game is just so putrid and they're really not getting opportunities to kind of use that passing running back. But you really haven't seen the production for that second running back out of this team, and you're not really seeing a second player really kind of shine, other maybe like Jarvis Landry here or there, that can actually get you anything in this offense for Cleveland right now, other than Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean, it's been tough running for those pass-catching backs, to your point, in Cleveland for a little bit. I mean, Hunt uh, wasn't really even doing Hunt things um, after that first injury. Um Yeah. Uh, what about Rodgers, can he continue to sustain his incredible efficiency? Uh, I, I feel like I would lean towards yes, personally, uh, although uh, MVS has been a an underrated kind of key cog to this offense, and losing him will certainly hurt. But, I mean, I, I do think he's going to continue to be playing pretty well. Yeah, oddly, Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys that is actually playing better because he's hurt. And it kind of forces him to just, like, throw the ball. I, mean, I think Patrick Holmes might be a similar guy if it ever happens to him. But when they're just kind of forced to just throw the ball and just play quarterback and not really try to make all the magical plays and all the home run plays constantly, or your Carson Wentz plays, as you like to call them, um, yep. you know, the Superman plays, the, the I think Aaron Rodgers is just, you know, one of the better quarterbacks we've seen. And you see the accuracy this guy can throw with. It was one of the throws he threw, I think, to – I think it was the tight end or the receiver crossing him from a deep post. And it was just between three guys, just a laser beam right before the half. And it was like, you know, nobody else can make that throw with that kind of velocity and throw between three, three guys and still get it there perfectly to his receiver in stride other than Aaron Rodgers. 
I think yeah. this could continue. I think right now he's kind of laser focused and he's getting he's kind of playing with the all the defense is giving him and he's kind of playing with the rhythm as a result, which is a lot of screen bay passing game to get the rhythm. So I think he can. Yeah. I I would, you know, again, I definitely agree. I think he's been playing pretty well recently. Um, also on Saturday, the Colts are at the Cardinals. Um big game, I mean, Adam. What, big game. Yeah, it is. I will it. I mean, with how the Cardinals played last week, I feel a lot more confident than I would have uh, otherwise. Um, that being said, how do, what do we do with Wentz, who I don't know if it's just like the New England curse that makes the passing game just uh, not real. But, I mean, I uh, threw, what, 12 times and still didn't complete half of them. Uh, it was not a, a big game for the passing game really at all uh, in Indianapolis. Um, that being said, still got the win. Um, Jonathan Taylor went off, but but yeah, I, I guess how do you treat Wentz this week, who has been at least a you know one of the better streaming quarterbacks and been a, a pretty solid superflex quarterback for most of the season. Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over fifty years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things: customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Yeah, Carson Wentz is a real tough situation for me. I really thought he'd do well in that Patriot game, and he played one of his worst games I thought of the season. He got lucky that he didn't turn the ball over more often in that game. He made some horrendous throws and horrendous decisions, and they kind of won despite him. Um, Mm -hmm. Having said that, they're not playing the Patriots, who seem to be trying to turn the NFL into a rugby league um, because this, this is a game where hopefully there will be some passing. I still think Carson Wentz right now is the guy you can't trust necessarily in the playoffs, though. I love the opportunity he has. I love what I can see sometimes and the potential within the running and some of the throwing opportunities he has. But you don't see this team really relying on the passing game and needing to. And as a result, depending whether they're, you know, favored to win or favored to lose doesn't really seem to matter. It just kind of seems to be like how the game unfolds. If teams can stop Jonathan Taylor, maybe they throw the ball and go deep. If they can't, then it is good Jonathan Taylor in a short passing game and they just stick to it and grind teams kind of out. So I think mm-hmm. this is a game where because you really can't get a, a vibe with this Colts offense is really trying to do out in the passing game outside of just kind of ride Jonathan Taylor, then I don't think you can necessarily play Carson Wentz this week. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. Unless you're, you're really desperate at quarterback or you have someone like uh, Dak who's just going to give you 10 points anyways. Um, but, but yeah, uh, I, I probably wouldn't be playing Wentz. Um, that being said, um, how, how do we kind of feel about, Arizona's offense uh, is that something that um, they're returning to earth is this they're them regressing to the mean or are they going to to kind of go back to where they were uh, previously um, to me I, I think missing Hopkins matters a lot more than maybe people realized and, and obviously some of the other guys on 
um, having been hurt throughout the year. That being said, getting Edmonds back is certainly a, a solid little piece to have back. Not no Hopkins, but um, a solid little piece to have back. Yeah, I, I like Edmonds back to the thing. I think Connor's banged up, so you're kind of you know curious to see what he can kind of bring to the table. I think Arizona offense is one of the more interesting offenses in general. A team that can kind of score 30 with anybody, but an offense that can get clunky, especially against teams that they should beat really thoroughly. Struggled versus Detroit. They struggled versus Jacksonville earlier in the season this year. They really struggled versus some of the teams that you would think that they would just go out there, and especially Kyle Murray would go out and kind of throttle. They seem to kind of play down their competition. Um, and then an offense that's what scores 31 is kind of like peaking. Other than James Conner kind of getting on his role when Chase Edmonds went injured and becoming kind of the RB1, de facto RB1, you haven't really seen anybody other than Hopkins who's been in and out of that lineup really be a guy you can put in your week, your lineup week in, week out. Um, Kyler's been kind of all over the place. Before he came back for his injury, he wasn't running like at the same pace that he was, so you were still getting some kind of yardage, but you weren't getting kind of the, the Kyler you wanted and drafted. Since he's come back from his you know injury, He's running more, but now they can't throw the pass to save their life. And it looks like Colt McCoy is having more control of the offense and kind of helping them move. You have, you know, nobody really stepped up about Hopkins being out. Christian Kirk kind of de facto guy, but even took a big play for him. And it seems to be always takes a big play for Christian Kirk to be fantasy relevant that week or not. Um, he's not getting enough volume to kind of bank on either. So it's a really weird offense where it scores so much, has tons of plays, but nobody still gets featured enough to really kind of narrow in. And it kind of winds up being fool's gold because you think oh, this is Rondo Morris, you know, Rondo Moore, AJ Green had back to back decent weeks, and then you'll have a dud for AJ Green or Christian Kirkless is the guy, and then you get nothing. So it's just kind mm-hmm. of weird, especially last week when you you were probably really excited for the Detroit matchup. And you thought I can get all kinds of guys in this lineup, you know, eat and nobody did. So yeah. it's really interesting to kind of see what you can do with Arizona moving forward. Yeah, I mean, they're just such an interesting team because I mean, well, what you said is just like bend them all season in that. They're getting a ton of points. But there's really only a handful of guys you can consistently play just because of, yeah, I mean, there are so many guys. Um, so um, moving on to the next game, which will be the Washington football team versus the Dallas Cowboys. Um, what happens with the QB position for, for Washington? Um, who is it that's playing tonight? Gilbert? That... Yeah, Garrett Gilbert's starting tonight, I believe, or started tonight, yes. Yeah, um, so that's what's currently going on. Um, so we have a little bit of a live look at kind of what they look like without Heineke. But what, how much does that matter for some of these other guys? You know, we've seen Gibson obviously uh, score a touchdown tonight. So, again, who, who, how does this impact the other uh, players on Washington? Yeah, you have Gilbert and you have Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen could be back from the COVID. He's, he's not hurt. He's just out from the vaccination. Henneke is hurt, so it's like probably more than likely won't be playing. I think it doesn't matter personally. I think it doesn't matter if any throw the three guys to the quarterback. You know, Terry McLaurin is going to be a guy you could probably ho- hope is going to do something just like you have the whole season long. He's still the number one receiver for that team. He's kind of wildly inconsistent, but it doesn't matter who the quarterback necessarily is. So you're going to put him in your line just like no matter who it was. Gibson's a good guy you're probably going to play no matter what because of the stretch he's been on whether he's, unless he's injured. And that's about it. Right now, everybody else has kind of been all over the place. This offense hasn't been scoring any, any kind of points over the last three or four weeks anyway. So I think for me, it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is. It changes nothing for me. It's Terry McLaurin and Gibson. You can play everybody else. Good luck. Yep. I you know fully agree. 
it's already just an offense with not a whole lot of options that we're really trying to play. Um, what about the Dallas offense? I've been harping on that kind of all of today. So I'm definitely curious to hear your thoughts about what the heck is going on there. Um, is it just because of the, the injuries at running back or, or is, I don't know, because again, Dak wasn't fully himself to start the season. He was missing some throws. He was airing some throws. Um, but he was ultimately he was still getting the job done more often than not. And that just hasn't been the case for the last month or so. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to figure out for myself. At first, I thought maybe Dak was still injured. Maybe it was a shoulder thing. Maybe the accuracy wasn't kind of there as a result. I don't know if it was a confidence thing. Maybe this week really threw me a loop because I really expected them to have a great game this week versus the Giants. And they basically won despite their offense and despite their, you know, their woes particularly in the red zone. That seems to be where they really are struggling the most and one of those biggest things that I see for Dallas right now. I know Zeke's banged up. Pollard kind of came back and still was, you know, looked decently out there. They can't figure out how to get a rhythm with this passing game and kind of figure out what they want to be in the passing game. And I think they're a little too um, – Kellen Moore's got to kind of figure out what he wants to do. I know it's important to establish the running backs, and that's, that's, so, that's kind of the Cowboys' identity. Um, as a result, though, they seem to kind of – get lazy where it's first down running play second down a quick little throw and then third down and six or third down and five they try to make something happen with that um i think where you got to get kind of back is being more aggressive early on and down they take more shots in that first down more you know play action shots especially in the first down show more personnel looks um they're going a lot more you know they're not really playing the three receivers as much they're kind of a team that we talked a lot. You and I are big on motion and teams kind of moving their guys around. Dallas really isn't doing any of that. You really don't even see Tony Pollard kind of being involved in that way like he was earlier in the season either. I think overall, they got to kind of get more creative with Dak. And they also have to have Dak run. I think if Dak's not going to yeah. be able to complete the power, he's not going to be able to throw the accuracy like he has been. And Zeke isn't quite where you want him to be. You need a lot more RPO action in this offense. And you use Dak to use his leg because he used to be an athlete. And that's partly why some of the things teams are kind of playing back and playing off and playing coverage versus his receivers wouldn't be able to do if that Prescott was going to run the ball. Yeah, agree. Which is another thing that's weird because it felt like he was doing that a little bit more at the beginning of the season. Um, I, I don't know. It just certainly seems to me like he's regressed kind of, uh, you know, maybe the accuracy, it, I think it's gotten worse, but maybe it hasn't gotten a ton worse. Cause again, it, there were some issues early on in the season, but certainly the confidence has at least again to me, um we'll go ahead and move on to our last game um which is Miami versus the Saints um you know we've kind of talked about this Miami running back group but kind of what can you expect from them and and I'll add this kind of what can you expect from the Saints a running back group because I mean the 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 split there at running back with Camara or with sorry with Ingram coming back Camara was losing a I mean a not insignificant amount of touches I mean there were you know certainly some some problems for his owners that they probably didn't really like yeah I I think absolutely right in both cases um to start with the New Orleans situation you kind of you know alluded to I think Mark I think Mark Ingram's kind of here to stay. Now, I think one of the big problems for them is one number one was matchup. They play a really tough matchup versus Tampa Bay. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that this is going to be a much easier matchup versus the Jets. It wasn't nearly as hard for Al Kamara to kind of get his quote-unquote touches. I think Al Kamara is still kind of recovering from his injury as well. I think he looks quite as explosive out there either. So I think that's partly why you might see Ingram continue to be involved. 
think overall, though, this Tampa Bay offense really played not to lose this past week. I expect it to be a little bit different versus different team they're playing. Uh, they're not playing Tampa Bay where they're basically content that we can stop Tom Brady from scoring. We can kind of play keep away. We can kind of just you know manage this game. Um, I think you can play Kamara with confidence still. I think Ingram's still a possible flex option in this game. The guy that I'm not excited about maybe in this game, um, on the other side is the Dolphins player, running back situation. I think you look at that situation, particularly versus this team. Saints are already good versus the run. You already have a hard time trying to identify who the guy is going to kind of be in the Dolphin backfield. And as a result, the only guy I think maybe is playable on only PPR leagues would be Miles Gaskin just because he's seems to be their, their pass-catching guy, even though Duke Johnson used to have that role most other teams he's been on. And then slightly play that role last week. So maybe you're going to see Miles Gaskin kind of be the safer play. But I think if, if you can, I would avoid playing any of these Dolphin running backs. Yeah, I would definitely be avoiding um, the Dolphins running backs like, uh, uh, you know, like. uh, <laughs> as much as possible if I if I can. Um, overall, uh, big picture, is this a game where there really are many plays? I mean, I, the, the Saints running backs are some good ones, but are would you sneak in um, some of the receivers on either side or a tight end? Um, or, or do you think this is going to be kind of a low-scoring uh, defensive battle? Yeah, I'm not super excited about these matches for these guys. Um, the one I think has been most interesting is Devontae Parker mm-hmm. because Gilmore um, – I'm sorry, Lattimore hasn't been the guy that he has been in the past for most of the season, although, you know, for Mike Evans, he just seems to be kryptonite. But for the rest of the season, he hasn't kind of been that shutdown guy that he typically has been in the past. So you can kind of attack him. And we've seen Devontae Parker have really good games versus some of the top-tier guys. That's kind of why I got Nixon mixed up there because Stefan Gilmore was a guy in New England he saw a lot of, and he would kind of dominate Stefan Gilmore in New England. So it's Parker's kind of interesting, a guy that he likes kind of gets up for the matchups, but it's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll two kind of still throw it to him. I don't like Gusecki this week. Gusecki's had better matchups on paper already and kind of, you know, underwhelmed in those matchups. This is a game where he might have some decent volume, but he hasn't really produced in the red zone and you really don't see that the Dolphins are going to probably score a whole lot of points, and the Saints have a decent matchup for him with their secondary players. Um, and then I think we look at Jalen Waddle. If Jalen Waddle was to come back, I think he's the guy that you'd probably feel the most comfortable playing in the passing game. On the Saints side, I liked what I saw out of Marquez Callaway. Um, I think that he seems to have something with Taysom Hill there and seems to kind of have more of a connection mm-hmm. and you know, throws to him actually in rhythm. Having said that, versus a really good secondary, not really know who's going to match up with who, the Dolphins, I don't like any of these pass catchers for the Saints necessarily play. Yeah, I mean, again, it, it's a difficult matchup on both sides. These are some very good defenses. Um, I would probably try to stay away in general, with the exception of, I mean, really just Taysom and the Saints running backs. And if Waddle makes it back, <laughs> I mean, am I missing anyone? No, I tend to agree. Yeah, it's it's really interesting though because the Saints defense, we're giving them all this like you know respect right now. They haven't done anything really of late except for versus Tampa Bay, which is yeah. really weird. Yeah, like yeah, Matt Ryan had awesome. a good game versus team. Yeah, <laughs> but we're like two is not even thought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's listen, it's a weird situation. All right, <laughs> um, but with that. Uh, well, I guess we'll hit this first. Do you have any under the radar potential starts this week? 
I think the guy that I think you should try to get in your lineups this week is going to be Josh Reynolds. You're going to hear a lot of talk about St. Brown. You're going to hear a lot about the running back situation. One of the guys who's been the most consistent player is kind of the A.J. Green of the Detroit Lions, in a sense, who's been getting those six to seven targets week in, week out, has been mm-hmm. Reynolds. Um, I think he looks like the guy that they kind of prefer to use in the red zone with Nogginson being out right now. I think he's also their big play guy. So you put all those factors into play. I think Josh, I think Josh Reynolds is a guy that you could have in your lineup with some, you know, as long as he's healthy. I think he got banged up a little bit last week. As long as he's healthy, he has a really nice match versus Atlanta this week. Yeah. Um, I guess mine, a, a weird name that it wouldn't hurt to, to keep an eye on on waivers. And I thought this receiver situation was going to go much differently. Thankfully, the people that I gave advice to got bailed out by a rushing touchdown. Um, but the receiver that shouldn't be on an NFL roster that um, the Jets are using didn't end up being Braxton Berrios. It's uh, Keelan Cole. So, I mean, you know, maybe for pure volume, um, he, he could be an option. Uh, he had a 43% of the snap or 40, not 43%, rather 43 of the 57 snaps, um, 25 routes run, didn't get a ton of targets, but he's, the one out there with Crowder, the the overwhelming majority of the time, um, so so there certainly could be something there, kind of moving forward. Anyway, with Nenzel and them for the Jets, right? Yes, correct. Um, this week, this week was a good week for him. He actually beat out Braxton Berrios um, in snaps by by four four whole snaps that he beat him out by. Granted, it was only twenty three snaps, and he was you know getting overshadowed overshadowed by Crowder and Cole and he needed uh, two talented receivers to get hurt to even be the third receiver. We're getting somewhere. <laughs> I hate this coaching staff in the chat. <laughs> well, well, all right. Well, until next time, Chris, uh, what do you got going on this week? I guess with the holiday schedule, what's going on with the belly up MDFF show? Yeah, a little bit change in our schedule this week. So we're going to be having a Wednesday and Thursday show. There will be no Friday show, at least for the DFS purposes. Um, we'll be having our DFS show and our and our um, betting as well on Thursday night. We're going to have that with Chaz Florida. And we're going to have an extended show on Wednesday, which is tomorrow, when MD's talking about both the early games and kind of taking it throughout the whole day because we're trying to cover as much as possible for you so mm-hmm. that we all can enjoy our Christmas weekend kind of kick back heck yeah i i like that a lot all right sounds good um well this has been a a quick episode um but i i think we got through a pretty decent amount of stuff so thank you guys so much for listening in um we truly appreciate it see you. good luck in the next round yeah good luck in the next round good luck through the playoffs Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.
Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.